Except simply to say, rest in peace, Sinead O'Connor. You were one in a million. Welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. Each week, you will encounter me, Daniel Gundlach, as your host, guiding you along a magical route that will bring us closer to the voices of those singers that most enchant and transform us, no matter what else is going on in the world. Thank you for joining me on that path. This week's episode. Hi everyone, the world lost another cherished artist last week, the celebrated singer Tony Bennett. So let's pay a short tribute to him. Take my hand, I'm a stranger in paradise. All lost in a wonderland A stranger in paradise If I stand starry-eyed That's a danger in paradise For mortals who stand beside an angel like you I saw your face And I ascended Out of the commonplace Into the you care Won't you answer this first 
different prayer of a stranger in paradise. Don't send me in dark despair from all that I hunger for. But open your angel's arms to the stranger in paradise and tell him that he need be a stranger no I must confess that before the news broke about Sinead's death yesterday, I had been spending a good deal of time in between preparing this week's episode and doing a lot of German paperwork, thinking about Tony Bennett. Not because he was a singer that I loved in particular, but because he was a singer that, don't kill me, Quite honestly, I just never really got. So I had been spending a good deal of time listening to stuff, trying to crack what it was that made him so beloved to so many people. Certainly his longevity is something quite remarkable. And in his earliest recordings, such as The Stranger in Paradise that we just heard, there is a beautiful vocal quality an undeniable one. But for me, there was a certain grittiness in the timbre, and that's not necessarily a game killer. But I don't know, I just never really got him so much. And a big part of that is just the genre of male pop singing in the 50s and 60s. And specifically, dare I say it, the Italian crooners. So often, the interpretive affect taken on by these singers is one that's so detached from the emotional content of the material that I find it hard to connect with what they're trying to convey, because what they're trying to convey is this sort of machismo that pushes the listener away, at least me, the listener. So that's kind of my issue. But this week, I found myself admiring him a lot more the more that I listened. So perhaps it's just that I wasn't properly exposed to him. I have two more selections to play for you of Tony Bennett as a way of acknowledging that very longevity. In his mid-career, he began singing more jazz stuff. And by this point, the voice had really lost whatever plushness it had. But there was an increase, I would say, in his other artistic qualities, beautiful phrasing, more attention to the emotional content of a song. And in the 70s, he did two albums with the jazz pianist Bill Evans. And I'm going to play you just a very short excerpt of an alternate take of their recording of Who Can I Turn To? 
from the Roar of the Grease Paint, that's hard to say, the Roar of the Grease Paint, The Smell of the Crowd by Anthony Newley and Leslie Brickus. Who can I turn to when nobody needs me? heart wants to know and so I must go where destiny leads me with no star to guide me and no one beside me I'll go on my way and after the day the darkness will hide me and Maybe tomorrow I'll find what I'm after I'll throw off my sorrow Beg, steal, borrow my share of laughter With you I could learn to With you on a new day who can I turn to if you turn away? I had heard somewhere that his son took charge of his father's career sometime in the 80s and started pairing him with interesting artists. And in fact, much of his late career success stemmed from those artistic alliances with other singers, other musicians. I'd say the most successful of these was with Lady Gaga, about whom I am completely Gaga anyway. You know, just two years ago, he put out his final album, and it's a duet album with her. And I listened to it all, and... Both David and I, neither of whom are big Tony Bennett fans, agreed that it's absolutely charming. They really play off each other superbly. And here is their rendition of I've Got You Under My Skin. I've got you under my skin I've got you deep in the heart of me You're so deep in my heart You're really a part of me I've got you Yes I do Under my skin Why should I try to resist when darling I know so well? I've got you under my skin. I'd sacrifice anything, come what might, for the sake of having you near in spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats and repeats in my ear. Don't you? Can win 
mentality Wake up to reality But each time I do just the thought of you Makes me stop before I begin Cause I've got you under my skin And I love you like a tattoo Under my skin Yes, I've got you So rest in peace, Tony Bennett. It was a long life, well lived. I'm looking forward to getting further acquainted with his output. I predict that my appreciation for him will increase the more I listen to him. About Sinead, I will have more to say at a later date. I'm really bereft about this. But let's get going with the main episode that I have planned. I had something planned lighter and fluffier than usual. So this was kind of a heavy way of starting off. But I made a happenstance discovery sometime in the past year of an African-American pop singer named Henry Wright, who emigrated to Italy in the late 1950s and found a good deal of success there. He was born in 1933, and I have not read any reports of his death, so I am assuming that he has recently celebrated his 90th birthday. I hope that is the case. Anyway, he's a wonderful artist, and he has kind of a fascinating story, at least as much of it as I have been able to piece together. His single greatest moment in the public eye occurs in a place that might surprise you, the legendary striptease scene that Sofia Loren performs for Marcello Mastroianni in Vittorio De Sica's 1962 film Yesterday, Today, Tomorrow, Ieri, Oggi, Domani. She shows up in the most sexy lingerie imaginable and puts a 45 on her little record player. As Marcello Mastroianni lies back on her pink bedspreaded bed, she lifts the tone arm, puts it on the disc, and out comes an extraordinarily beautiful voice, velvety, plush, sexy, as sexy as she is, with a rather thick American accent, singing a song called, well, that's part of the discussion, what the song is actually called. In the Italian version, it's called Abajur. Let's listen to it now and imagine Sophia Loren doing her striptease number for us. Blue, I get 
fosse che non c'è più. about the story of Henry Wright, let's talk a little bit about the song that we just heard. Though it might sound like an average Italian pop song from the early 1960s, it was actually composed by the Austrian operetta composer Robert Stolz, whom we've heard numerous times on this podcast, and who lived from 1880 to 1975. He composed a song called Salome, originally set to German words by Arthur Reipner, and the song was published in 1920. And it is, in fact, an Italian version of this song that we just heard. Abajur, in Italian, is a lampshade. <laughs> so this song is addressed to a lampshade, saying, you're dispersing a blue light out into the room and who knows what else you have seen in your days shedding light into this particular room. I don't know if there's some kind of hidden meaning here, or if it's just some more or less random Italian words, which, by the way, were written by one Ennio Neri. I have excerpts from a couple different versions of this song to play for you. You will be shocked at how versatile it is and in how many different languages it has uh, seen the light of day. So first, we're going to hear a French version of the song recorded in the year 1922, so more or less contemporaneous with the time of its composition. It is sung here by a very interesting Belgian-born singer named Henri Dufresne, who is most famous for having created roles in Renaldo Anne's Ciboulette, but even more for having created the role of Danilo in the French-language version of La Veuve Joyeuse, Die Lustige Witwe, The Merry Widow, when it premiered in Paris. You will hear from his light nasal timbre that he is a quintessential baritone Martin, a vocal type that I have discussed on various episodes of this podcast. The most famous baritone Martin is, no doubt, Pierre Bernac, the muse of Francis Poulenc, who premiered so many of his songs. This is not the first time that we shall be encountering either operetta 
or Franz Lehar in this episode. Just put that in your hat and uh, hold on to it. It'll be coming back. This next excerpt, Robert Stolz himself conducts the popular Austrian actor and singer Peter Alexander in a German language version, which uses the original text of Salome. This was filmed for television in the year 1961. also have an incredibly tacky Schlager version of Salome in German from the same year, 1961, which is performed for us by Das Lukas Quartet. Salome, schönste Blume des a disturbing little bit of information about this song, Salome. It's a story song. It's not the story of the biblical Salome, made famous by Oscar Wilde and Richard Strauss. No, no, no. But this is also a dancing Salome who's depicted in this story. A young Viennese man traveling through the Sahara encounters her as if she were an illusion dancing with her companions in the oasis. And he's so taken with her that he just has to have her, i.e. he rapes her. And as a result of this sexual congress, which she may or may not have sought, most likely she did not, she is stoned to death by the tribal elders. Thank you very much.
This is the sort of misogynistic, hoochie-coochie orientalism that one encounters in so many of the Schlager from this period, which are, somewhat shockingly, still performed to this day without any contextualization. I've been there. I've encountered this. Believe me. Oi. And in fact, this very story song is still heard, sung by certain famous German cabaret singers in this very millennium. Just another example of casual violence against women, as depicted in catchy songs. Cole Porter's Solomon is another hideous example of this. This entire story is completely obliterated in yet another version of the song, this in the English language, a version also from the year 1961 by none other than Petula Clark, who sings English words by Jimmy Kennedy in this recording, and it's called Romeo. I think we've taken a deep enough dive into this song Zalome, but isn't it interesting how many times it has been reconfigured, resuscitated? But now let's do some further exploration into the life and work of Henry Wright. He was born the 22nd of May, 1933, in either, depending on which source you read, either in Newark or, according to the liner notes in Italian on the back of one of his LPs, in Brooklyn. According to the Wikipedia page, he moved to New York in 1950 to attend medical school. And to support his studies, he works as a messenger during the day and sings in some nightclubs in the evenings. Now, this is not exactly the story that is told on the back of one of his LPs. This is what we are told in the liner notes in Italian to his 1962 release, Something Old, Something New. Henry Wright, born in 1933 in Brooklyn, began humming the blues at a very young age. At 16, he took part in a competition for young voices organized in a modest cinema theater in the suburbs of Brooklyn, the Alhambra, where he managed to prevail over a group of 30 novice singers. As a reward, he was awarded the right to perform free of charge for a week in the main show, accompanied by a five-piece ensemble. A few weeks later, again unbeknownst to his parents, Henry tried again for the New Voices competition at another theater, the Apollo, in Harlem. But this time he had to settle for second place. However, part of his prize was that he was once again allowed to sing for another week with their permanent orchestra. Thus began Wright's singing career. From youth competitions and bands that played exclusively on Saturdays and Sundays, the black singer with the silky voice arrived at the Arlington Bar in Chicago, where he earned $200 a week. 
Some of this sounds like it's got a bit of a publicist spin on it, so it's hard to determine which is the actual true story. But in a way, it doesn't really matter, because he does end up in Chicago. Your indefatigable researcher, that is me, has dug up a very interesting relic indeed. Henry Wright's very first recording, made in 1950, of a song called Are You Forgetting Love? He's backed by A.C. Prince's orchestra, and he's heard only on one side of this 78. I mean, this is a real off-label, friends. Big Nickel Records. You'll forget this song almost immediately after you've heard it, but it's a chance to hear Henry Wright at apparently the age of 16 or 17. Perhaps this was part of the prize for having won that singing competition. Who's to say? Here is Are You Forgetting Love? Are you forgetting love? Are you forgetting love? You never fall. I'm here alone, wondering if you're my own. Are you forgetting love? Who are you thinking of? It's such a shame. Tell me who is to blame Friends may turn me down and leave me around Like a rose without the rain What am I to do? I've counted on you Time and time again I can't believe somehow that it's all over now. I'm asking you, can it be true? Are you forgetting love? Are you forgetting love? Let us continue with the story from the liner notes of Something Old, Something New. Remember, we just left him at the Arlington Bar in Chicago, where he's earning $200 a week as a vocalist. It is precisely in the aristocratic meeting place in Chicago that one evening in March 1954, the enterprising Henry is lucky enough to be heard by Lionel Hampton, who happened by chance to be in the company of his wife. I hope that's not casting any aspersions on Lionel Hampton's faithfulness, but rather the perspicacity of his wife. Because it is she, according to these liner notes, who was first captivated by Henry Wright's voice and advocated on his behalf with her husband to hire him. Thus, the singer from the Arlington becomes part of the troupe of the famous jazz musician. Now, according to the Wikipedia page... There's a little sojourn in Paris. He goes on tour with Lionel Hampton's combo, singing with a group. And in France, he decides to leave the orchestra and settle in Paris, where he stayed for two years. 
making some recordings and participating in various television broadcasts. Well, that is not even mentioned in the liner notes to Something Old, Something New. This is what we are told in those notes. A year later, Hampton's group stopped in Naples during the transfer trip to the Middle East, and it was on this occasion, it is said, that Wright's desire to settle in Italy exploded. Five years later, in 1959, during a European tour of the Hampton Combo, the black singer returns to Italy, and after a performance at the Quattro Fontane Theatre in Rome, he leaves the troupe of the famous vibraphonist to attempt, as a soloist, the adventure in our country. At first, it is difficult for him to settle in. His refined jazz repertoire is a handicap. But then, having met Basso, Valdabrini, and other Italian jazz men, he sees a new world opening up before him. Today, Henry Wright is considered one of the most interesting singers of the modern genre, and much of the credit for his success belongs to those who advised him in choosing his repertoire, as can be seen by listening to this LP, in which the voice of the new teenage idol stands out. I love how his success is credited to other people rather than to his own particular qualities. Okay, that is not very nice. But according to the Wikipedia entry, again, it's in 1956 that he goes to Italy, and he goes there direct from France. So I don't know if he really toured that long with Lionel Hampton or not. But anyway, there was an association with Lionel Hampton, and it did take him to Italy. And there were some names mentioned in those liner notes. Oscar Valdambrini was a trumpeter. Gianni Basso was on sax. And they formed part of Henry Wright's own combo with whom he performed in a couple different nightclubs. The Taverna Messicana in Milano and the Bussola in Viareggio. He was first signed to the record label Karish in 1959, and in that year took part in the Festival di Milano and the Sei Giorni della Canzone, six days of song, that was a musical competition that took place sporadically between the years 1958 and 1968. Now I think it's time to sample a little more music that Henry Wright recorded in Italy. So many of these songs are covers of earlier versions of either pop songs from the U.S. or Italian songs that had been made popular by other singers in Italy itself. So I had the brilliant idea of creating a little variety within this podcast by offering not just Henry Wright's versions of these songs, but also the earlier recordings with which the songs first came before the public eye or ear. So first of all, we're going to hear the song Fever. Fever is a song that was written by Eddie Cooley and one John Davenport, the pseudonym of Otis Blackwell both well-known composers and performers in the early years of rock and roll. Fever was originally sung by an R&B singer named Little Willie John, a.k.a. William Edward John, who lived from 1937 to 1968. Oh dear, here's some bad news about him. He died in 1968 while serving a prison sentence for manslaughter after having faded into obscurity in the 1960s. This is so upsetting to encounter this sort of a tale. 
Let's listen to a little bit of Little Willie John's original version of the song Fever. Sun lights up the daytime, moon lights up the night. My eyes light up when you call my name, because I know you're going to treat me right. You give me fever when you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever is, of course, best known as the big hit for Peggy Lee in the year 1958. Let's just listen to a little bit of that because she is so, what's even the word to describe her? Insouciant? I believe that would be an appropriate way of describing this inimitable singer. Captain Smith and Pocahontas had a very mad affair. When her daddy tried to kill him, she said, Daddy, oh, don't you dare give me fever. With his kisses, fever when he holds me tight. Fever! I'm his missus. Daddy, won't you treat him right? Now you've listened to my story. Here's the point that I have made. Chicks were born to give you fever Be it Fahrenheit or centigrade To give you fever When you kiss them fever If you live you learn Fever Till you sizzle What a lovely way to burn In 1962, Henry Wright did his own version of Fever, and it was released on a 45, and it was called on that recording Fever Twist. So this is a further example of Henry Wright's incredible sensuality, the suggestiveness of his delivery. He is just so damn sexy. And by the way, he's also very good looking. There aren't that many pictures of him extant except on the covers of his 45s. And I have been collecting those 45s recently, paying big bucks, (laughs) I will tell you, for every single one of them. And uh, you can find some photos of him on the show notes page to this episode. So take a look at that. Meanwhile, here is Henry Wright and Fever Twist. Oh, never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. When you put your arms around me, I get a fever that's so hard to bear. Fever. In the morning, fever when you hold me tight. Fever! Fever! In the morning, fever all through the night. Never know how much I love you. Never know how much I care. With your big lips to mind me, I get a fever that's so hard to bear. You give me fever. 
When you hold me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever, fever. In the morning, fever all through the night. Fever, fever. In the morning, fever all through the night. Everybody's got that fever. That is something you all know. Fever. Isn't such a new thing? A fever started long ago. Fever started long ago. A fever started long ago. A fever started long ago. So it appears that Henry Wright and whoever was advising him so brilliantly on his repertoire pointed him frequently in the direction of early R&B songs. Here's another one called Sticks and Stones. It's most famous in the version by Ray Charles from 1960, but originally it was written and recorded by Titus Turner, who lived from 1933 to 1984 and was, again, both a singer and a songwriter. Here's Titus Turner's version of Sticks and Stones. People talking, trying to break us up. Why can't they let us be? Sticks and stones might break my bones, but talk don't bother me. People talking, trying to break us up when they know that I love you so. I don't care what the people might say. I'll never, never let you go. I've been a few Anything to make me shame. Yes, I know. And here is Henry Wright, accompanied by L'Orchestra Augusto Martelli in a recording from 1962. Sticking stones may break my bones, but talk don't bother me. People talk about a break us up when they know that I love you so. Well, I don't care what the people may say, I'll never, never let you go. I've been abused in my heart. I've been abused. I've been abused. I need abuse, I'm not well. Henry Wright also frequently tapped into the Italian pop repertoire of the 1960s, often taking over songs that had already been recorded and made famous by other Italian artists. Here's one example of that. It's a song called Bambina Innamorata, Baby in Love, or Child in Love, or Little Girl in Love. 
kind of icky, but nevertheless, we'll just think of it as figurative rather than literal. This had been recorded and performed in 1958 by a singer named Tony Dallara. He was born in Campobasso in 1936 as Antonio Lardera. He's considered a screamer in Italian, urlatore, and he was inspired by American singers like Frankie Lane and the Platters. He's got this, you'll hear, he's got this way of just sort of thrusting his voice out there. And in 1960, he participated in the Festival of San Remo, which is kind of, you know, it was an early version of uh, Eurovision, which is ongoing today, in fact, but has been eclipsed, I would say, by Eurovision. But it's that sort of a setup. Anyway, this is an early recording of his Bambina Innamorata. Bambina Innamorata same song. It's done almost as a lullaby, and certainly Henry's delivery is quite softened in relation to what Tony Dallara puts out there. Bambina namorata Stanotte to sognata Sul cuore addormentata E sorrideve tu Bambina namorata La bocca to baciata Quel bacio ti è destata Non lo scordare più Detto t'amo, voglio il tuo amor, risposito con tutto il cuore, bambina namorata. 
Stanotte Stanotte T'ho sognata Sul cuore addormentata E sorrideve Tu Here's another song from the American pop stratosphere composed by Dorsey Burnett and Joe Osborne and called, God forgive us, Gypsy Woman. It was a hit for none other than teeny bopper idol Ricky Nelson in 1963. Hey, Tell me if you see her with me Henry Wright did an Italian language version of it Che strano, how strange, in 1964 Oh, ma che strano che ti sposi e saprò da morire e pure ci siamo lasciati e tutto è finito tutto ma non è vent'anni Vessuti mano per mano, sogno per sogno, nel mio paese lontano. Addio a questi anni che tu porti via non lo sai. Vissuti mano per mano, sogno per sogno, nel mio paese lontano. Addio a questi anni che tu porti via non lo sai. going to hear a selection composed by Buddy Johnson, a pianist and band leader who lived from 1915 to 1977. He's most famous for writing the song Since I Fell for You, 
a jazz standard which, I believe, Aretha Franklin, among others, recorded. This is another song of his called Let's Start All Over Again, and it was first recorded and released by Buddy Johnson and his orchestra with a vocal by Nolan Lewis in the year 1956. Language version, Da Capo con Me, from the year 1965. I think it would be appropriate to say a word here about Henry's Italian. It's quite thickly accented, but it is completely comprehensible. I have known people, I'm thinking of a friend in particular who was an American journalist living in Paris, and her French was absolutely perfect grammatically speaking, but her pronunciation was an atrocity. But the thing about that sort of delivery is that you can understand every word, whereas with a native speaker, somebody who's more comfortable with tossing the language off, sometimes as a non-native speaker, you miss some of what they're saying. Just an observation from your friendly neighborhood podcaster. Se pronta ormai a fare da te a dare un addio alla vita con me. Difficile sai Fare credere a te L'importanza che hai Se puoi, ma nemmeno tu sai chi abbia colpa di noi.
Next, we're going to hear a song called Lassame, composed by the Perugia-born Mario Cenci, a singer, guitarist, composer, lyricist, who lived from 1928 to 1996. It was a hit in the year 1959 for the singer Mina, a legendary Italian singer and actress born in 1940 and still performing today. She just had a hit earlier this year with an Italian rapper. Anyway, she's a fascinating figure. She's very much worth exploring. She also was considered one of those urlatori, the screamers. She was dubbed the queen of the screamers and also called the Tigress of Cremona and other questionable appellations. But as I say, she is a fascinating figure, and we're just going to hear a little bit of her in her 1959 hit, La Same. following year, Henry Wright also recorded the song with the Orchestra Mazzocchi, named after its leader, Gino Mazzocchi.
together never could be I can see the end of our love so I tell you last May so parole your love Now we're going to reach back a little bit further in the history of Italian song to the composer and musician Vittorio Mascheroni, who lived from 1895 to 1972. He was a cousin of the poet Ada Negri, whose poem Nebbie was set so memorably by Ottorino Respighi. But he became particularly famous for writing jazz-inspired pieces for dance halls, then operettas, then film. And in fact, we're going to hear examples of two of his songs from films. The first is called Desiderio. This was not the very first recording of it, but this was an early version of it from the early 1950s performed by Gianni Ravera, who lived from 1920 to 1986. He was the son of a social anarchist, and he was originally named Lenin, but he was forced to change his name after fascism came to Italy. He became an impresario and organizer of the Sanremo Music Festival. But this came several years earlier, in the early 1950s, Desiderio. Meraviglioso attimo che fa fermare il cuore, quel desiderio intenso, non recine mio sguardo, lo vedi sul mio viso, in fondo al cuore, quella terra che si baciano, due visi che si spiorano. Meraviglioso attimo che fa pulsare il cuore. And here is Henry Wright's 1962 version of Desiderio with l'orchestra Ray French. This is one of my favorite of his recordings. It just drips with sensuality and that caramel colored voice. I'm crazy about him. Si baciano due cuori che si incontrano, 
meraviglioso attimo che fa turbare il cuore quel desiderio intenso lo vedo nel tuo viso lo leggo nel tuo sguardo in fondo il cuore due bocche che si baciano due cuori che si incontrano meraviglioso attimo che fa turbare il cuore Another song by Vittorio Mascheroni, which has an interesting link to Henry Wright's first big success, Abajur. I'll explain. This song, Sono Tre Parole, was introduced in the film Un Cattivo Soggetto in 1933, where it was performed by none other than 1930s matinee idol Vittorio De Sica who, of course, went on to become one of the greatest Italian film directors of all time. And he directed, among other things, Ieri, Oggi, Domani, in which Sophia Loren performs her famous striptease, and in which the voice of Henry Wright was first introduced to the world at large. So here is none other than Vittorio De Sica singing the song Sono tre parole. Sono tre parole, ti voglio bene. Sono queste sole che vuole il cuore. Quante frasi ancora sa insegnare l'amore dolce lusinghiere. Ma nessuna dà questo sognatore di felicità. Sono tre parole, ti voglio bene. Son parole sole, ch'io dico a te. Ma se tu vorrai, la mia vita avrai. Perché il solo amore, l'unico tesoro, piccola sei tu. 
And here is Henry Wright's version from 30 years later, 1963. Sono tre parole Ti voglio bene Che vuole il cuore, quante frasi ancora, sai insegnare l'amore, dolce lusinghiere, ma nessuna dà questa sognadora di felicità. Ti voglio bene, sono queste sole che io chiedo a te, poi se tu vorrai, la mia vita avrai, perché il mio tesoro L'unico mio amore, piccola sei tu, perché il mio tesoro, l'unico mio amore, piccola Now we're going to move into, shall we say, the semi-classical repertoire. Remember that Zalome, or Abajur, also could be designated originally as a semi-classical or light classical number. Now we have three that, well, maybe they'll make your head spin. Certainly the first time that I heard them, my head was whirling around a little bit. I mean, not exorcist-like, but... It was a surprise. In fact, at first I didn't even recognize two of the songs. Okay, but the first one is by the composer José María Lacalle García, who, after he emigrated to the United States, was known simply as Joseph Lacalle. He wrote the words and music to a song called Amapola, that was first recorded in 1925 by the phenomenal Spanish tenor Miguel Fleta in a recording that was conducted by Nathaniel Shilkret, a fascinating character who certainly warrants further exploration if you don't already know his work. He's almost as important as someone like Ferdi Graffet in terms of his melding of the disparate musical threads of classical and jazz that was so cutting edge in the 1920s. Anyway, here is Fleta's version of Amapola. And if I haven't already made it clear, I am a big fan of Miguel Fleta. <laughs> Amor, amor, sin tu queja, amor, que el mi amante corazón. 
Here is the Italian version, recorded nearly 40 years later in 1963 by Henry Wright. Amapola, Sincero e caldo come il sole su nel cielo Amapola, la notte s'avvicina, ti prego resta ancora qui con me by nearly every tenor under the sun. I wouldn't say that Henry Wright was a tenor. I would say he was more of a baritone. But he does have access to his high notes as well. Anyway, we're going to hear now two numbers that I don't even want to tell you who the composer is on this first one. I'm simply going to play it for you and see if you recognize the tune. Yo! Love consumes me as a fire When the moon is shining bright Through the darkness of the night Then I wait alone for love 
must flow And the music of the breeze As it wanders through the trees Whispers this refrain All love is vain When the silent shadows fall And the darkness covers all Distant echoes sigh Goodbye, goodbye And the message of the dawn As it steals across the line Falls on Dale and Dill Farewell, my love, farewell Oh, fanciulla l'imbruni Dimmi voi da me When I hold you in my arms And I feel your many charms I can tell it's you It's you, my love Fanciulla l'embunia Dimmi voi da me veni Io t'attenderò Non dir Farewell Did you get it? Okay, if you didn't, here's a hint. In this manifestation, the piece is called simply Frasquita. Yes? No? How about a musical clue? Coming right up. Yes, it is the serenade from Franz Lehár's Fraskita, which is known variously as Schatz, ich bitte dich, komm heut Nacht, or Hab ein blaues Himmelbett. In my Jerry Hadley bonus episode this last week, I played him singing a gorgeous version of this that couldn't be farther removed from Henry Wright's version. 
I have to say, I find it enormously entertaining. I don't find it offensive at all. And heaven knows there are so many instances of opera arias, operetta arias, piano concertos, orchestral music being adapted as pop songs. That might be an interesting episode sometime, eh? The Lamp is Low, based on Ravel's Pavan, Full Moon and Empty Arms, stuff like that. Ooh, I'll have to put that in my little notebook of potential ideas for future episodes. Anyway, I have one more for you. This is Tu Che Mai Preso Il Cuore, and it features Henry Wright and Il Complesso di Henry Wright, which probably includes those players that we heard about at the beginning of the episode. Anyway, this recording's from 1962, and now that you know what the gimmick is, you might find it easier to identify the source material. Oh! 
yes, it's dein ist mein ganzes Herz. From Land des Lächelns, one of the so-called Tauber leader, one of the last roles that was written for Richard Tauber. And not coincidentally, another example of chinoiserie orientalism in music, such as we heard even in Zalome at the beginning of the episode. I really do think that Henry Wrights is one of the great pop voices of the 1960s. And I'm so thrilled to have made this discovery. David feels that he is my big pop discovery of all of the pop singers, many of them pop singers of color, whose careers I have quote-unquote uncovered. He feels that Henry Wright is probably the most gifted. He was comparing him the other day as we were listening to my Henry Wright collection, trying to pick which songs I was going to use in the episode. David was saying that he heard a big similarity to Sammy Davis, one of the other great black crooners. And I said to him, I think of Sammy as being more razzle-dazzle, more Las Vegas. He can really pull it back and get more intimate, but I think his basic nature, his basic artistic nature stems from that vaudeville tradition that's much more out there and much more extroverted. In Henry Wright's case, he starts with a more reserved quality that can become sensual or that can also become more extroverted. So I have three final selections that do not pair Henry Wright's songs with other versions. First is a song called Dammi la tua mano, and I'm not sure that this wasn't an original song that was done just for him. It's from 1964, and the cover of the 45 features Henry on the beach in a swimming suit, looking quite built. Far be it for me to notice these things. I only listen for the voice. <laughs> oh dear me. Here's Damila Tuamano, the co-writer of the song Gianfranco Intra, also leads the orchestra which bears his name. Damila Tuamano e cammina insieme a me forse questa sera fra le braccia ti terrò e se ti chiedo un bacio non rispondere no ma lascia che Tua mano e cammina insieme a me. Vieni, ho bisogno di restare accanto a te. Ora che tutto è passato, sono tornato con te. E per la fine del mondo. Mean. 
insieme a me Vieni, ho bisogno di restare accanto a te Ora che tutto è passato, sono tornato con te E per la fine del mondo io rimango con te Henry Wright also sang a number of standards from the Great American Songbook, including this one in one of his earliest recordings from 1959, Caravan, more famous as an instrumental number composed by Duke Ellington, and the words, when there are words, are by Irving Mills. This is Henry Wright with the Len Mercer Orchestra. shines so bright mystery of their fading light that shines upon our caravan upon my shoulder as we creep cross the sand so I may keep the memory of our You are so inviting Resting in my arms Feel the loveliness of charms You beside me here beneath the moon My dream of love is coming true Within our desert caravan it's time for me to do my little Patreon pitch. I have a wonderful new Patreon supporter to welcome, that is Paul, with whom I have been carrying on quite a lovely correspondence already. He was very taken with my Jerry Hadley episode and uh, was moved to become a supporter. And I would also like to thank Mark, a longtime supporter who increased his pledge. Thank you both, esteemed gentlemen. 
If you are also motivated and moved to become a supporter on Patreon, I do hope you will follow through on that impulse. Please go to patreon.com slash countermelody and you can become a supporter of the podcast and gain access to all of the bonus material that I have thus far posted. So far, there are 70 bonus episodes that I have created just for my Patreon supporters. By the way, it's very easy now to make a pledge, either monthly or yearly. That is a relatively new development on Patreon, and I think it's a great idea. If for whatever reason you cannot support the podcast on Patreon, I do hope, however, you will, if you are not already, become a regular listener to the podcast. That's also enormously helpful. If you subscribe, if you pass on the word to your friends, that is also an enormous boon that you can do to help get word about the podcast out there. Do you know that in just a few short weeks, I will be beginning my fifth season of the podcast? This has been a life changer for me. It's given me a real sense of purpose. And I feel like, in a way, it's even more than my work as a singer. It is my life work helping to get the names of the great singers out there, both ones that we all know and those like Henry Wright we might not yet have been acquainted with. So I just wanted to announce that I will be doing a bonus episode this week. It will be featuring Henry Wright. The episode will include all tracks of his final LP, which was issued in 1967, called Prisoner of Amore. This was released on CBS Records, his sole release on that label, and it features Henry Wright singing standards from the Great American Songbook in English. He is accompanied by the orchestra of Giulio Libano, or Libano. Shall we say Libano? I think Libano is probably correct. And there's also an obbligato pianist here, who is rather an interesting personage in his own right. His name was Romano Mussolini. And if you think that there is some sort of connection with the former dictator, you would be correct. He was the fourth and youngest son of Benito. And it just so happens, this will sort of bring the episode full circle, it just so happens that he was married to the younger sister of Sophia Loren. So there you go. Yes, everybody's in bed with everybody else in Italy. By this point, Henry Wright had returned more to his jazz roots, and was doing more of that kind of music rather than the sort of teeny bopper pop stuff that had brought him greater prominence in the early 60s. I'm going to offer you one track from that record, Prisoner of Amore, just as a teaser and also as a final send-off. I had read somewhere that later in his life, in fact, probably shortly after this record was released, that he retired from performing. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know even if Henry Wright is still alive. I've not seen anything to indicate otherwise. So I hope that this past spring, he celebrated his 90th birthday in good health and that he has led a gratifying life. 
presumably remaining in Italy, but who's to say? I don't know the details. If anybody does, please fill me in. We are going to hear, as the final selection today, Autumn Leaves, in the English language version, with words by Johnny Mercer. Music by that fascinating figure, Joseph Cosma, who wrote so much music, and yet surely most remembered for this song, Autumn Leaves. Dear friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.